What if, and I know it's a crazy concept, what if the Bears just lost to a playoff caliber Oklahoma State team? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Drake Toll here alongside of Marshall Scott. Marshall's of pistols firing and knows everything there is to know about Oklahoma State. We both want to thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day because Oklahoma State doesn't have a Locked On podcast. Marshall, there's your bug. There's the bug in your ear for yourself or whoever you love to start a Locked On Oklahoma State podcast uh, so we can riff it. But luckily, I, I still get to talk to you about a game that, to me, Marshall, every year in basketball, these two teams play. Oklahoma State gets a big lead on Baylor, and then they succumb at the end of the game, and Baylor wins. It ju- it felt like to me that's the trajectory where this game was going, especially when the Bears cut it between into one possession. But Oklahoma State looked really good and got the win in Waco. Yeah, Oklahoma State's kind of uh, gained the mantra of the cardiac Cowboys in, in many sports, just because it seems like nothing can ever just go smoothly. Um, and they were they were kind of. Whenever Spencer Sanders threw that interception in the second half, yeah. um, Baylor had some momentum. It kind of felt like, oh, here we go again. Like it, it, this is going to come down to the wire. Um, so I was kind of impressed with Oklahoma State being able to, you know, Baylor would answer, Oklahoma State would have an answer to that answer, and, and they just kind of kept that gap um, throughout the year. But yeah, um, um, solid game. Uh, it, it just kind of looked like Oklahoma State was the better team. I didn't know a whole lot about Oklahoma State going in based on the non-conference schedule, um, but I, I picked Baylor um, on our site going into the week. Uh, just because I thought they'd been more battle tested and obviously being at home, I thought that'd be a bigger deal than it was. So uh, yeah, it kind of just looked like Oklahoma state was the better football team. Uh, I'll leave really my first question and to open the show, just on what you saw out of Baylor. I want to leave it vague. What did you see out of the Baylor football team? Yeah. So we'd heard all this great things about the Baylor offensive line. And I thought particularly in the first half, it seemed like Blake Shaven had a week to throw. I I tweeted that he could probably do a cartwheel. You said that you wouldn't advise him doing that. Um, but it, 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 I think that advantage kind of started to lessen as the game went on a little bit. Uh, they're getting a little bit more pressure on them. Um, and, and then I'm really intrigued by just them being who they are. Uh, like Dave Aranda is going to go for it on fourth down. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter if the time before didn't work. Um, he's going to do it again. And, and Blake Shapin's ability to just be okay with checking it down and just kind of guiding a team down a field. I, I feel like, Spencer Sanders has more ability than Blake Shapin. Yeah. Um, but at some point he's going to, Spencer Sanders is going to be like, okay, this is getting a little old. I'm either going to, you know, run out of here and, and try to make something happen with my legs or I'm going to chuck it downfield. Uh, Blake Shapin's ability to just kind of dink and dunk and dink and dunk. Um, mm. I, I found that kind of impressive. Uh, I, I think Baylor's whole kind of, you can kind of see the culture of them. Just we are who we are and we're not going to deviate from that. And I, I, I thought that was really interesting coming out of the game. Baylor's defensive line has been something that coming into the year, everybody talked about Yosiaki Ika being one of the premier defensive players in the big 12 and really across the board, even without Terrell Bernard or Jalen Petrie, look like the front seven or eight guys at Baylor were just going to be elite. And then no sacks on Saturday and really not a ton of pressure. Oklahoma state had as much success running the football as they, as they really wanted to, uh, especially on crucial downs. Were you surprised with how well the Cowboys were able to gain ground on the ground against the bears? Yeah, we didn't know a whole lot about the OSU running game going in because part of that had to do with the non-conference schedule. And then it's really been a kind of take what the defense gives you kind of year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Central Michigan said, hey, throw it on us. And that's what Spencer Sanders did um, to an extent. That's what uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff did whenever Oklahoma State lit him up. Um, so it was really just that Arizona State game where the run game kind of got going. 
Um, so we didn't know a whole lot about it. Uh, I think what impressed me about it is Dominic Richardson, Oklahoma State's running back. He's not as good as Jalen Warren, who they had last year. Yeah. Um, but the the way that he just kind of pounds and pounds and pounds and he falls forward constantly, I, I think that can be kind of grinding on a defense where, you know, the first couple quarters you're like, okay, like whatever. And, and then the third and fourth quarter, you're like, holy crap, I still have to tackle this guy who's just, you know, running downhill constantly. I, I thought the Oklahoma State run game kind of, they kind of wore them out. Um, and as they went, that that kind of, um, you know, extrapolated a little bit. You mentioned Siaki Ika. Um, Gundy, Mike Gundy freaking loves Siaki Ika. Um, it, like, like he said so much about him that I think if Siaki Ika entered the transfer portal, Mike Gundy wouldn't be able to recruit him because it'd be a recruiting violation because he talked about him so much. So so he loves him. Um, so I think they really game planned um, around that. Gundy kind of said going in why they went for it on that early fourth down yeah. um, on Oklahoma State's first drive was because he told the team that, hey, if we get down and it's a, you know, short yardage we're going to go for it because we can and, and mm. you know he wanted to kind of wipe the slate clean of, of what happened in arlington um so i, I thought that was a, a cool mindset to go in there with but yeah I, I think that oklahoma state's offense more so and you got the speed and all that stuff i, I think yeah. it kind of just wore baylor down as the game went on you particularly saw that in the third quarter so we've, we've hit the baylor offense and the baylor defense marshall is the baylor special teams the single worst special teams you've ever seen in your entire life aside from the punter so Oklahoma State has been really good in that aspect. Um, Jaden Nixon, he he's a running back, but he doesn't get a whole lot of of play. He didn't get a carry, I don't believe, um, the other day. But he's a speedster. He he, he runs like ten sixes in high school. Mm. Um, Brandon Presley had the big return against OU um, last year that kind of turned the tides in that Bedlam game. Thank you so for I, that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's a if it's an OSU. I think it might more so just be an OSU thing. I think that's kind of an area that they're getting really good at. Um, yeah. Tom Hutton, the Australian punter, he's 32 or 33 at this point. Um, he, he's not going to, you know, boot at 60 yards. He's going to pin people down. Um, mm. and that kind of led to that safety. So I, I think it's just an area that Oklahoma state has really focused on. And I think if these two teams do meet up again, um, the big 12 championship game or whatever, I imagine that's going to be an area that Dave Randa, you know, doesn't take nearly as lightly as he might've taken um, coming into this game. So from what you saw out of Baylor, and I, I think we've talked about it on the show all week, the atmosphere was not great. There were, it, it seemed like never was the team able to feed off the fans. Um, there just wasn't that powerful moment you see in a lot of these home games where, especially where a team needs a jolt to come back. E- even that, all that aside, is this a Baylor squad that you still think contends for, for the top of this conference or for Big 12 title? Or really, especially in comparison to the parity of the league, do you see a middle-of-the-pack Bears? Yeah, I thought just to hit on the just to further shovel the crowd a little bit, <laughs> it, it it was just so weird that yeah. at halftime it's sixteen to three that can turn so quickly as we've seen in in these Baylor and OSU games before that it, it seemed like a lot of people left. I, I'd heard that some were just like getting away from the sun and like mm-hmm. under the awnings and stuff like that. So yeah, but there, there wasn't really ever a moment where it's like oh, everything's going against Oklahoma State right now. And I, I think yeah. that that should have happened when Spencer Sanders threw that interception. That should have been like, uh-oh, like, here we go. Like, this is it. But it kind of just died down. Spencer Sanders comes out, throws a 49-yard pass, um, and all of a sudden, like, everything's fine again and more people are leaving. So, um, But as far as – I think that there are definitely times where we saw that these could definitely be the two best teams in the conference. Um, I hate to keep hitting on the kid. I forget his name that dropped the passes. Oh, gosh, Gavin Holmes. Yeah, oh. so – but, like, you just think of – it's it's a game of what-ifs, right? What yeah. if he catches that one on the first thing? What if he just knocks the the interception one down? Like it doesn't even have to catch it. Like what if it just didn't go directly into Thomas Harper's hands? Um, what if Baylor can get Jaden Nixon on the ground um, on that that long mm. kickoff return for a touchdown? 
So, you, you know, you look back at, and I'm sure that's the truth about every game. You look back at two or three plays that kind of make a big difference. Um, but, but I think that, you know, if these two teams do go again and two of those plays break Baylor's way, then I, I think that this could be a totally different game. But I think for, for a large portion of that game, um, you know, it, it was a fun chess match. And, and you could probably see that, you know, the, the conference is crazy right now. But yeah. you, you can definitely see that these, these are two of the better teams in the league for sure. Certainly a lot of respect between coaches and, and you could say, I think chess match is a great way to explain it. Looking at the way that, that both head coaches attack the game and you're right, you know, two fumbles for Oklahoma state that Baylor didn't recover and a Baylor fumble that Oklahoma state didn't recover. Any of those could have turned this into a 21 point game for Oklahoma state or a three point Baylor win. Uh, but Marshall, I really want to get a scope on, on how good this Oklahoma state team is. Cause the better they are, the better I feel about Baylor losing this game. But before we get to that, Trust me, everybody at home, Marshall's not going anywhere. I just got to tell you about our newest sponsor at Locked On Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all. I The other day, I went to like fill up my gas tank. Look, I, I it's gotten better. It has gotten better, but it's expensive. It is not fun to fill up gas. So I've stopped driving as much as I drove. Walking's not fun either. I just realized there's not really a fun middleman in there. Either way, uh, but Upside's been actually really good help. <laughs> it's wild how many of these ad reads since I got to Locked On. It's been like, I'll try this, and it's worked out really well. Upside's one of those, actually. Uh, to get started, download the free Upside app. Not too good to be true. Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Uh, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at the business, pay as usual with your credit card, your debit card, and then you get paid. Uh, credit card companies have these reward points, lo- loyalty programs. You can earn three times more with upside it's where users are making more than a million dollars a week combined uh it's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the app store by the way download the free upside app use promo code locked to get five dollars more cash back in your first purchase of ten dollars or more five dollars or more for free on your first purchase of 10 or more using promo code locked at upside marshall you've already mentioned once the the game last year in arlington and that's got to be fresh on the mind of Spencer Sanders, along with the seven interceptions he threw against Baylor last season. That was the storyline last week for most Baylor outlets. He ends up playing a really solid game, and they avenge that loss in the Big 12 championship. How much of those two things do you feel like were on the mind of this team and coaching staff? Yeah, and just talking to the players beforehand, I, I went and asked a lot of guys like, hey, do you use last year's game to fuel you? Is this two totally different teams? Like, what? And, and it was kind of mixed you know, some people were like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I've thought about this a lot. And, and, yeah. and then some people like Brock Martin, a senior old guy, he was like, I mean, I'm just going to work on my job and, and I'm going to do that. And right. that's how it's going to go. So I think it was a little mixed um, in terms of that aspect. And then the interceptions, you know, we, we mentioned the pass rush, Baylor's pass rush earlier, um, not getting to Spencer Sanders that much. Um, I think Gundy said he went back and on four or five of the interceptions, he was getting hit as he throw as he threw mm-hmm. against Baylor yeah. last year. Um, so just keeping him upright, you know, he's. He's still going to make some questionable decisions at times, but but keeping him upright, keeping him you know available to use his legs and get out of the pocket, um, I, I just think he's transformed a lot. It, it's great. I am. I wonder what the difference is of you know Baylor's what Baylor fans think of Spencer Sanders versus what the rest of the Big Twelve fans think of Spencer Sanders because yeah. it, it feels like they're to- two totally different guys before this weekend. Um, but but he's been freaking good. I mean, like yeah. he's going to be the team's. He might be the team's leading rusher. Um, he, he's going to be you know top five in, in passing in the Big Twelve. Um, so it's, I, I, I think if Oklahoma state somehow goes on some magical run, it's going to be behind Spencer Sanders and he's going to be up for all these awards and, and things like that. And that's crazy to think just based on that, you know, four interception game in Arlington. But yeah, I just think he's been 
a whole lot better. And, and obviously him not getting sacked him being able to stay upright and get out of the pocket um, was, was really big on Saturday. Wild for me to think of all these media outlets and guys are picking him as the best quarterback in the Big 12 in the offseason. I'm sitting there thinking, no, please, no, don't do this. He's got seven interceptions against Baylor in two games. Uh, But then you look at the games where he's not playing Baylor last year. He was solid and really good on Saturday. Again, I I go back to that Notre Dame game. Feels like a kind of a turning point for him that since then he's just been the best quarterback, most consistent, at least in the Big 12. It's tough to argue that. And I, I liked not only what I saw out of him, but also the ground games we already mentioned, you touched on the fact that this was a feel-it-out game for you. What does Oklahoma State really have when they go against top 25 caliber competition? And for this to be a figure-it-out, feel-it-out game, and for them to still win by double digits on the road, what does that say truly about the the ceiling of this team? Yeah, I think, and kind of going back to on Spencer Sanders a little bit, I think he really likes playing up tempo. That's what they yeah. they they did in the the Fiesta Bowl. That they in that second half they just kind of let him go. Right. And, and you'd think with a guy who struggles with decision making sometimes that that might hinder him, but it, it seems to just you know like less thinking, just like go out and do it. And, uh, but as far as Oklahoma State goes, I think that this team maybe more so than last year can beat teams in a variety of ways. Um, if people are going to like hang back and not allow Spencer Sanders to to throw it over the top, then Dominic Richardson is going to pound and pound and pound. And they're going to play complimentary football like they did last year for most of the year and just kind of let a, a defense win a game. Uh, the defense, not as good this season, um, just based on the experience that they lost in the back end. Uh, but th- like game by game, you can see these improvements that, that they're doing. Um, obviously, Monterey Baldwin got loose a couple of times. Um, Gundy said on that that fourth and five or whatever it was that went for 70 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Gundy said that that was his fault, that um, Derek Mason, the defensive coordinator, you know, called his play and then Gundy said, no, I don't like that and tried to check out of it like as the snap was happening. And then, you know, Baldwin got lost and, and was running down the field. So um, I, I think the defense is is getting better and better each week. But I think that more so than anything, I think we found out that this is a team that can beat teams um, in a variety of ways, can still play complimentary football somewhat like last year, um, but still has a little bit of that old Oklahoma State in them that, that likes to run up the scoreboard, that, that likes to, you know, get the ball on the perimeter and let a bunch of guys, you know, kind of beat you in space. Is this, and you've seen a few of them too, especially with Oklahoma making their playoff runs. It's been a while now, by the way. The Big 12 hasn't been to the playoff here in a bit. Is this a a college football playoff caliber Oklahoma State team? I think I think they've got as good a shot, as, especially right now, as anybody in the Big 12, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just so crazy because you don't know what the Big 12 is going to give you week in and week out. Um, Texas Tech, you know, say what you will about Texas, but you usually got a lot of good athletes. Texas Tech, you know, beat Texas the other week. They're coming into the Stillwater. And then LSU's going down to play TCU, and, you know, they beat the crap out of OU last week. Now Um, that's a hard game for some reason. Thanks. And then, you know, K-State, they they have a back-to-back trip to Kansas with with K-State and Kansas, who are, you know, both good teams. Obviously, Bedlam's going to be, you know, ridiculously wild. Um, So I guess then you're just hoping, hey, maybe those Iowa State and West Virginia games are actually going to be solid, comfortable wins at this point. So um, I I think they've got – as good a shot as anybody, especially if the defense can continue to get better, the, uh, especially the secondary, um, the linebacker play can continue, can continue to get better. Um, I think that, you know, I think that this equals, you know, if you, I, I'm not sure if they just based on how the big 12 has been this year, I think if a Oklahoma state or Baylor yeah, or yeah. Kansas state, if they have one loss, I think that's going to be tough for them to get in just because the rest of the league's going to kind of cannibalize itself at some point. 
Um, you're going to have like a lot of teams in the late teens, early twenties, but, but maybe not that bell cow that that's OU or Texas. It has a helmet logo and things like that. So yeah. um, I, I think Oklahoma state might have to run the table, but I think they should be favored in every game from here on out. So, so I think it's possible. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts now on the, in, the entirety of the big 12. Cause I know at your outlet, I mean, you guys are one of the more prominent news outlets for Oklahoma state covering them. So you got a great scope on the conference as a whole. Uh, is this as wild as you've seen the Big 12, especially in its 10-team format, which would go back about a decade? Yeah, I, I think almost without question at this point. because yeah. We thought nothing about TCU. We thought nothing about Kansas because nobody thought anything about Kansas in a really long time. And, and all of a sudden, that game has game day this week. Um, <laughs> you, you know, OU and Texas, both, you know, Texas is Texas at this point. I, they're not good. That's just, <laughs> just how it is. Um, but – OU's and Texas, they're both still going to have athletes. They're supposed to, both still going to have a shot in any game they're in just yeah. because of the, the quality of player that they have. Um, so that's going to be crazy. I, I'm really looking forward to this weekend and the, the Red River shootout or rivalry or whatever we call it these days. Yeah. Um, Baylor, really good. Um, weird that they already have two losses on their on their slate. Yeah. Um, K-State looks amazing. Who's going to stop You know, Adrian Martinez? I don't know. Historically, Oklahoma State's had trouble with scrambling quarterbacks. Um, so... I don't maybe maybe that's a a tough thing for Oklahoma State. I mean, then even like West Virginia and JT Daniels, they've had their moments this year where they've yeah. you know they've looked pretty good. Um, Iowa State should have beat Kansas last week with with field goals and, and things like that. So I, I think that, especially you know, I, I think this is probably the second best conference in the country right now. Nobody's going to say that nationally um, yeah. because everybody loves the Big Ten, even though I, I was in the Big Ten and they stink, and you know the Big Ten West stinks, and everybody in the Big Ten essentially except for Ohio State stinks. Um, I think the ACC is actually pretty good this year. I think that's a little underrated uh, with Wake Forest and NC State um, and Clemson and those guys. Um, I still don't know what to think about the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> I think that Oklahoma – I think it's a joke that Oklahoma State's not rated as highly as USC, that USC yeah. jumped Oklahoma State and even passed this win, stayed ahead of them. So, uh, But I, as far as the league as a whole goes, I think that this – I think it's a bunch of good – maybe not great teams or maybe great, mm. but not elite teams. Um, so so I, I think this is probably the most fun ever. And it, and it makes me really look forward to that 12 team playoff because, you know, if, if this league does cannibalize itself, nobody's going to get in. But whenever that 12 team playoff comes, this can, all this parody can still take place and, and somebody still gets in. Yeah. The big Ten's wildly top heavy. It is Ohio state and, and Michigan, and then pretty much everybody else. And the big 12 is so balanced that I, look, I, this is nothing against Oklahoma State either. It's just how good these teams, like Oklahoma State could lose to TCU, and at this point it would make sense. There's mm-hmm. really not. how. What conference could you pick any matchup, have a winner in that matchup, and say, that makes sense? It's every single team in every game in the, in the Big 12, it, it would just check out. If Oklahoma, if Baylor loses to West Virginia in Morgantown, I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever. And West Virginia is now probably the worst team in the Big 12, and they're still not bad. They're a bold team in most other conferences. So it bodes well, says a lot about this league, but to me it started to shape out. It's early, really, really early, but Oklahoma State and Kansas State seem to have that leg up on everybody else. Do you think it's – it's funneling toward a two horse race that includes those two horses individually. Um, I think so. I'm really intrigued by TCU too, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Oklahoma state beat the bricks off TCU last year. It was like 62 to nine or something yeah. ridiculous. So I don't, I don't, I thank you watched, for that, by the way. Yeah. I haven't watched a ton of TCU. I don't know why they're good. I don't know why they beat the crap out of Oklahoma. I just know that they yeah. have so far. Um, so TCU intrigues me a little bit. 
K-State intrigues me, obviously, just with what Adrian Martinez can do. But also, they lost to Tulane, right? They did lose to Tulane. That how was is that weird. possible? How, yeah. is that, how is that even possible? So, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think Baylor's going to have some stuff to say about about some of these teams. I think Oklahoma is still going to, you know, they're going to figure something out. Uh, I don't know that they'll, you know, win nine games. Uh, but I think kind of towards the end, you know, they're going to get back to at least being in dogfights with teams and not just getting blown out. So, um, but, but yeah, I think especially given the, the footing that, both of these, they've, they've already gone on the road and, and had a big win. Wait, was Ken, was Kansas State game in Norman? Yeah, it was in Norman. Yeah. Okay. So, so both of these teams have gone on the road, have a big conference win. I, I think that can be crucial, especially because you know if everybody's going to beat everybody, um, you're going to assume that more home teams are going to win. So, I think those two road wins uh, against you know contenders uh, will be pretty big deal. But I'm I'm not ready to I'm not ready to put anybody even in the the championship game quite yet. Yeah, are you like buy or sell on the Big 12 championship game featuring two teams who both have two losses in conference play? I I think I guess right now I would sell that because Oklahoma State's still unbeaten. Um because that would that would then mean Oklahoma State's going to lose to Kansas State and Oklahoma, which is very possible. Um but I think Oklahoma State would should figure out a way to beat at least one of those teams. Um, but aside from, I think it'll at least include one team that has two losses, maybe one team that includes that has three losses. Um, but I think for right now, I would sell that just until Oklahoma state loses a game. Then, then I think I'll, I'll pick that up. Yeah. I, I, and it's so weird to me too, that Oklahoma state has still only played really one quality opponent. So we've seen plenty of teams. I think BYU is kind of in that limbo area right now where they beat Baylor, a quality opponent, but are they really a good team or they get up for one game? I don't think that's the case for Oklahoma state, but it's still, the the jury's still out there. That could be, you know, this team could be in a nine and three and still go to the big 10, big 12 championship, by the way, probably not the big 10 championship. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving forward, though, I I have not. We have done plenty of spots together, but I have not done a spot with you since the realignment. Everything shook up, and the Big Twelve's adding these four new teams, uh, which would just throw a complete wrinkle in this season. That would drop two of the bottom five Big Twelve teams be leaving for the SEC, and you add in four quality squads. Um, what are your thoughts on on getting those four guys? I know a lot of folks are are getting kind of upset about the whole Houston deal now that they kind of suck this year. Yeah, I think you say what you will about Houston and, and that they do suck this year, but I think that's kind of a sleeping giant of a program just because mm-hmm. of the area that they sit in. Um, Louisiana, despite its um, population, can they they pull a lot of recruits every year. That's a that's a place Oklahoma State started to go into. So I imagine Houston probably do the same thing, and then obviously the Houston area. Um, so I think that's kind of a sleeping giant. They just have to figure it out. Um, essentially, uh, BYU is really exciting just because they add. You know, Oklahoma State already has the two schools with the re- religious ties and TCU and yeah. Baylor. Um, so it, that wasn't that big a deal to me. Um, and it's such a cool atmosphere uh, up there just in watching that Baylor game. So I, I think that's a quality ad. Um, Cincinnati's kind of the outlier to me in a way, just because it's kind of out there. I guess West Virginia and that have some <laughs> yeah. some sort of something. Um, I don't know. And then I'm a big I'm almost a, I'm not quite a Disney adult, um, but I'm almost a Disney adult. So I love Orlando. Um, I'm just looking forward to that trip every however many years um, Oklahoma State plays there. So um, really looking forward to to all of that, really. It's, it's going to suck that road trips are a little longer. Might have to fly once or twice more a year. But, um, yeah, I think Oklahoma – I think the Big 12, just in general, because then you look at the Pac-12, and this happening a year later for the Pac-12 meant that they can't get BYU because they're already in the yeah. Big 12. I think that it happening when it happened for the Big 12 was almost beneficial in that now the Pac-12 is kind of just, um, you know, 
out of luck. There's there's nobody really that they can add of quality. Are they going to add a San Diego State? Cool, but like, what does that do for you? So, right. um, yeah, I, I think the the Big Twelve just in general did a really good job of quickly adjusting and finding solid teams that that add something to the league. Oh yeah, like if you go add Fresno State, San Diego State, Boise State to your conference, I just that that's not a pillar of teams that could keep you afloat. Whereas it feels like the Big Twelve going after these brands or all squads that have been in the top ten or or somewhere in that category the last few years is huge. Um, before we get you out of here, though, I do for anybody out there that's listening that's an Oklahoma State fan joining us or or a Baylor fan that just wants to look at your content, especially from last week's game. Where can they find you and all your stuff? Yeah, so our, our website's called pistolsfiringblog.com. Um, we have podcasts. I'm not a part of the podcast, so you, you won't have to hear my raspy voice there. But uh, podcasts, um, all kinds of articles to, throughout the week, uh, cover all the major sports, um, wrestling, which which Baylor didn't you know participate in. But this is a big deal at, at Oklahoma State. Um, and then our Twitter is at uh, PistolsGuys. I love it. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. That's Marshall Scott from Pistols Firing. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Come back tomorrow because content is not slowing down on Baylor, Oklahoma State. Bears lost. What do they got to do to stop doing that? All of that and more coming up on Locked On Baylor. Baylor.